0: Hello and welcome. Today I am chatting with Justine Clark, who is a certified health coach, group fitness instructor, and master of habit change for women with autoimmune disease. Most of her life, Justine had struggled with anxiety, depression, and fatigue, and she was quickly thrown into the autoimmune world with a suspicious thyroid nodule. After multiple tests and biopsies, surgery left her with only half a thyroid, and it wasn't until her doctor refused to prescribe her medication due to her blood tests being quote, normal, that Justine began seeking alternative holistic methods of healing. Now she leads other women on their own healing journey by educating them on how to heal from the inside out in a fun, easy, and sustainable way. I think you guys are going to love the energy that Justine brings to this conversation today, so let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Justine. I'm so excited to have you today. Sarah, I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah. So this is our second conversation. We were now both on each other's podcast, which is super fun. I love to do a little bit of that back and forth. And uh, now I get to learn more about you. So I'd also love our listeners to start to get to know you. So can you share your own, your, your personal autoimmune story?
1: Yeah. Um, and I feel like ours are very similar. Um, you know, it, it goes all the way back to when I was a kid, you know, I, I, my my whole world was health and fitness. I was one of those weird kids that would get up in the morning before the sun rose, and I would do Taibo in my bedroom. <laughs> Billy Blanks oh my God, was my you just idol. Transported
0: me back, like way back <laughs> with Taibo. <Ty> <laughs> oh, I know, right?
1: I still have some of his DVDs. I should pop one in and just relive my days. Just for so fun, fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was that kid, but I always got in trouble. Well, because I had this self-image that I was trying to uphold. Like I was in I was in the whole diet mode. I was in the, okay, I have to work out seven days a week, hardcore. I have to be dripping in sweat. Otherwise it doesn't really count, right? <laughs> I was in that stage. I think we've all been there. But um, I would get in trouble all the time because of that. And now just looking back, I'm, I realized like, I don't know, like getting in trouble was probably not necessary, but it just kind of made me realize that, oh, I am going way overboard. So I was in that constant you know roller coaster of okay i'm going to do this i'm going to do this and i i was an a plus person when i did everything so i did above and beyond <laughs> mm-hmm. and then i started like as i grew grow older like i started to have anxiety and that was partially probably because of the high expectations that i held for myself around my body image around my dieting around my exercise and it, i didn't think anything of it and neither did my parents it was just a phase you know teenagers go through that they have anxiety Um, and then I started to have belly issues and that, it just kind of like all, you know, snowballed at once around my teenage years. And so I went to multiple doctors, you know, they all, (laughs) and you know, this, they all give you a medication. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember just so many things aside from the medication, they're like, okay, you need to stop chewing gum. You need to stop swallowing so much air, stop chewing hard candies, like make sure you sleep Extra, like, however I was sleeping, just don't sleep that way. Like, what? <laughs> so my, my world was totally just confusing at that point because everything that they were telling me to do, I really didn't do anyway. And then I was having the medications. They didn't work. And uh, yeah, it, it then eventually snowballed into a thyroid disorder. And the funny thing is about this, I wasn't going to the doctor to have them check my thyroid. It was just a normal test like just a normal, um, not even a test. It was a, oh, what is it called? You just go to the doctor. Oh, physical, a physical. Physical, You just go to the doctor for a checkup. I don't even know right now. (laughs) But uh, she found a lump in my throat and uh, I was a group fitness instructor at the time. I had been a group fitness instructor for years. And um, it's funny how it all happened because one of my friends who was also a group fitness instructor with me, she had just had surgery on her vocal cords. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I yell all the time. Like I, I'm that motivating person. I yell, I, I get, you know, on the microphone. You know how that is. You're a fitness instructor mm-hmm. with a yoga type. So it might be a little bit different, but you're more you're more mellow, chill. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I am that way now. But looking back, I'm like, wow, Justine, wow, you're just you're way too over the top. <laughs> But yeah, my friend had just had that surgery. So I was like, oh, no big deal. Like, it's probably just that for me. Like, I was like excited that it was just gonna be that. (laughs) But then the doctor, I remember it, like it was yesterday, the doctor called and she's like, we need to get you back in here for a test ASAP. And I was like, okay. And everyone's like, okay, that's probably not a good sign. Like doctors don't normally go out of their way to tell you to come back in for no reason. So it quickly ended up being a thyroid nodule, three centimeters. So it was a big one. They had no idea what type it was. So biopsies, you know, all the procedures still couldn't figure it out. So I was up against the wall with the, with a decision of, do I have surgery and take it out just to be safe? Or do I keep it in there, hope for the best, come back every six months for testing and just go from there. And, you know, that was when I was 22 years old, (laughs) like I wasn't supposed to be making life altering decisions at that point, you know, like, like, life or death decisions. I, I don't know, like, all my other friends were making, like, should I go out to party today? Should I go, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was faced with that decision. I decided, you know, I didn't know, so I was like, well, better safe than sorry. I should probably just have it removed, and so I did, and that's kind of where I'm at now. (laughs) Like, I am half thyroidless. I, uh, you know, and it was a really long journey. It was, it was, uh, it was hard. It was so hard at first because when you think, okay, the problem is now resolved. It's gone. It's no longer there. You would think, okay, like all of my other symptoms, my anxiety, my sweaty armpits, my sweaty palms, my acne, like all those things that teenagers and early adulthoods don't want, like you would think that would have gone away, but it actually didn't. It got worse. And yeah, it just, yeah, it went downhill very rapidly after surgery mm-hmm. until I just decided to take it into my own hands and figure it out myself. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how long ago was that when you had the surgery? It was four, almost five years ago since sure. I've had surgery. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you said it kind of got worse after that. So then what you seem to be feeling pretty good now and have things are under control. You're coaching other women on this too. And so uh, what has been, what shifted for you? What changed? What started to make you feel better?
1: Yeah. So, and I guess what, what I mean by it actually went down first, I think a lot of this, okay. So you know how like there's that whole weight gain, you're going to gain weight. I didn't gain any weight but that was still there in my mind Mm -hmm. because I was remember going back. I was like that whole exercise, that whole diet person. Like I was balls to the wall. (laughs) So it was a mental game for me, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, food, like food has definitely helped, like taking away food sensitivities, like they're, and they're different for everybody, but I, you know, just removing those out of my diet has helped. Mm -hmm. But, you know, regardless of how clean, I could be eating, kind of like you. Like it doesn't matter if we have all of these salads every single day; we can still be stressed. And that was me, um, just because you know that was holding me back. So for me, I had to get real with myself and actually figure out the root of my problem because I was not "quote unquote" fat. I was not. I was not overweight. I was not all of those things that I thought I was in my head. But I thought now that I had that thyroid removed, that it was going to happen to me regardless, right? Mm -hmm. So just, I think just taking a step back and just really reeling it in and being like, Justine, that, this, like, whatever you're seeing yourself, it's just, it's not your reality. So I really had to just almost journal. Like, I had to do a lot of journaling, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of tapping into the root of the problem because since I wasn't actually that person. Like, what made me think I was that person? Like, what was stimming? Was it my, something that happened in my childhood? I was made fun of as a, as a kid. I had red hair. <laughs> like, I got made fun of a lot. Um, I was actually a little bit chubbier when I was little. Um, so I think all of those things were just holding on to me like a
0: freaking shark. <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
1: just,
0: ah. Yeah. I hope that answered your question. No, that's beautiful. And if you could look at yourself, you know, like that four or five years ago, how would you say like you have changed more on the emotional level over this experience? Like what has been some of the big shifts for you? Like, do you feel like you're a completely different person? Do you feel like they're the same person? Has a lot or a little changed? Yeah, that's a really good
1: question. Um, You know, when I talk to people, I, I think about this transformation and like transformation to me means that I'm the same person. Like I am like, I, I still have the same humor. I'm still the same person. Like I've never really changed as a, as that, but like how I handle situations, like my relationship with my husband, how I handle work situations, um, how I'm able to handle like money, my career. I think health is so much more than just food and exercise. Like health (laughs) is, is everything. Like it goes into all those areas of our life. And I'd say like that. Yes. Like, even though I was just a, a Nazi dieter and a Nazi exerciser, I think that's the biggest thing is that I was able to actually dial it back and be like, okay, like what's most important to you right now? Is it this strict diet that you're doing or is it happiness Mm -hmm. Um, you know, is it this balls to the wall exercise that you're doing, or is it long-term success? Like what is most important to me right now? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I realized like after doing several hard exercises after the other, it was affecting me, my energy, my thyroid. I could tell like, you know, exercise is supposed to energize us. It's supposed to revive us and refill us, but it was actually doing the opposite because of how hard I was working. So I almost just had to take a Step back from all that stuff and focus on the other things, mm-hmm. um, which was a total transformation for me because it was just not who I was. I was the all-in, go-go-go person.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious. So, you know, I talk a lot about the emotional roots of illness in autoimmune tribe and on my Instagram and everything, and I see this as a, gen- a generalization. So it doesn't apply to everybody. But I'm curious if you relate to thyroid issues being related to, like, are you that people pleaser? Are you someone who had a hard time expressing herself or stick, sticking up for herself or, um, being able to speak her truth? Do you feel like that you relate to that at all?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Okay. So not now. Cause I'm really, I'm really good at setting my boundaries and knowing who I am now. Mm-hmm. But back then I literally everything that you just said, I was that person. Yeah. Like <laughs> to a T I, uh, I always cared about everyone else's happiness over my own. I would do anything for anybody except for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what's really sad? Um, looking back, like I was so into this perfect vision of myself mm-hmm. and it's so bad but when, even when I was talking to people like I if if me and you Sarah were having a conversation back then I would be stuttering through this whole <laughs> episode like I could barely talk to people without stumbling over my words stuttering because I was so yeah. anxious and so afraid of what they were thinking while I was talking to them
0: yeah No, I think it's so interesting that there, there are, again, it's a generalization. So it's not like everyone's unique situation, but uh, it's very, very common. And I, I, Try to talk to my clients about that and see if they relate to that kind of emotional side of it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like I really, uh, or I was made fun of, or it was hard for me to speak my truth, or I did want to make everyone happy and want to go to like the greatest lengths to make everyone happy." Yes, so I feel like that also then kind of tied into the anxiety and depression you were feeling, and were you able to heal that as well over the past few years? Yeah, for sure.
1: I think it all ties together. um, Because I think when we put that pressure on ourselves, and we're not able to uphold it, because let's be honest, no one's perfect. Like we cannot, we cannot expect ourselves to be perfect. And then when we fail, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're a total loser. <laughs> like, and, you know, that, that spikes anxiety, that spikes depression. And it was the case for me, for sure. It was a lot of internal struggle, fighting, um, you know, and, and that had a lot to do with my self-image. But at the same time, like this autoimmune disease was happening, that chronic illness, my, my fatigue, like all of those things physically were also draining on me. And, and, you know, like anxiety and depression, they stem a lot from our gut health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where we hold a lot of our pain and past and that's where we hold a lot of things, you know, yes, food and stuff like digestion is really important. Food's important, like quality over quantity, right? But yeah, I just, I feel like it was all intertwined. And it's funny, like, I think for me, like, since I came from that whole diet and exercise, like that was the first thing for me to fix Mm-hmm. simple things like, okay, surface level stuff I can do because I that's already what I'm good at. So I started with food stuff, you know, started with dialing back my exercise stuff. And I feel like once, you know, I got into that type of a routine and I was able to sustain it. And again, it's not perfect. It's still not perfect. Nobody is. But, um, you know, I, I started to feel that sh- shift, not only like in my gut, and my digestion, but it also kind of almost went to my head. So then I was like, okay, because I feel like when we take these tiny steps, we take things that we're most comfortable with and we take them in bite-sized chunks. And then when we're able to do those bite-sized chunks, then that gives us a confidence boost. Okay, Justine, you did this, now what's the next step? And just bite-sized chunk after bite-sized chunk. And it just continuously gives us that momentum and that confidence and that almost that drive of, okay, I can do this,
0: yeah, no, that's really powerful. I'm glad you shared that the bite size bite-sized chunks too because I know a lot of women in my community uh, may or may not have an autoimmune diagnosis or struggle with chronic illness, but they're definitely experiencing some form of anxiety and depression. And uh, a lot of them are wondering, like, where do I start? And so I love that. Okay, like, let's take it one step at a time. And let's look at some of our, you know, our habits and our patterns. So I know something that you also do is help people change their habits that are not serving them. So can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the habits you've changed in your life or how our listeners? can start releasing habits that are not serving their health?
1: Yeah. So I think my biggest habits, kind of like I've said, is just the over, overdoing it. I think that's a, I know that sounds really weird. Like, wow, overdoing it's a habit, but it totally is like (laughs) overexercising. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's almost awful, but you know, getting into the habit. not only was I overexercising, but not able to maintain it long-term so I was falling off the wagon. It's almost like that yo-yo diet, yo-yo exercise. That was my habit. Mm-hmm. Like, and I and I think that people overlook that as being a habit. Like we're if we're constantly doing that, repeat, 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 that's a habit. And uh, I think that's a big thing is that people just don't, they don't know how to get out because they don't know that they're doing it wrong. Or it's not necessarily that they're doing it wrong. It's just that, you know, that's a pattern that we don't really recognize as one. So. Mm-hmm for me, that was the biggest habit that I had to break. And, you know, just going into the whole habit thing, taking it by bite-sized chunks, but like for anyone that's trying to, just like what you said, just realizing what our habits are and our patterns, for me, I had to just Literally, I've actually always been good at pattern reading, like my mom like when I was little, I would tell my mom, I'm like, mom, I know exactly what you're going to do. I know your patterns. And she'd be like, what? Like, Who are you, some psychology professor? I'm like, no, I just, I know your patterns. And it just, it's always, it's always been my thing. But I think just knowing ourselves, I think that's a process in itself. So journaling, I'd say number one is journaling and also monitoring what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, you know, number one, journaling, brain dump everything that's going on in your head and just, just let it flow. Let it be what it is. You'll probably find out a lot about yourself. And also that's going to help relieve not only your anxiety and depression, but it's going to make you feel better uh, and almost more confident knowing that it's no longer in there (laughs) in your head. Um, It's on a piece of paper, so it's no longer you. Mm -hmm. And then where was I going with that? Man, I'm I'm just,
0: (laughs) you're rolling. You write down all your brain dump on the journal, right?
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, and then yeah, for sure. And then just monitoring your patterns. So like if, and what I mean by that, if you screw up, like in your head, if you're like, oh, dang it, I wish I didn't do that. I'm a failure. Like write down what it is that you just did. And just think about why you did it. And what I see with a lot of people is that they're, oh my gosh, I screwed up (laughs) is like a time when they are so busy at work. They come home, they're super stressed, they're unhappy, whatever the situation is. Maybe they eat a food that they're not supposed to, or they know that's going to trigger them or, you know, whatever. Or they think they're going to gain 10 pounds by eating that food. So that is a typical, oh crap, I screwed up. So maybe just write that down. And you'll, you'll start to notice patterns. Like a lot of people, they'll do it after work because that is their stress reliever. That is a way to make them feel good. You know, I mean, as humans, we're trying to get away from pain and to pleasure. Like that's a linear thing in our mind, away from pain, straight to pleasure as quickly as possible. And that's food. So like if we're able to monitor like a deeper level of, okay, why am I eating this food? oh, I'm stressed. Okay, what else can I do to help my stress? I can work out, I can meditate, I can do yoga. I think like that's the biggest thing that I have been able to do. And I also help my clients with is just getting to the root of the problem, not just surface level stuff, and just bashing ourselves. That's not going to help like really get to it and fix it from below.
0: Yeah, the awareness of the problem, I think is huge, like you just said. And Sometimes we can see it in ourselves and sometimes we need that coach or somebody to kind of help us pinpoint it. And uh, I think the journaling can help us find it within ourselves, though, where it's like, you know, when do you reach for the, the bag of chips or candy or, you know, like, are you stressed? Or maybe you don't, maybe you don't reach for food when you're stressed. Maybe you go and you over-exercise and you, you know, work yourself uh, out super super hard when you're stressed and and just realizing okay well when I when I am stressed what are my habits? What what do I do? Have you do you practice meditation at all? Do you use meditation at all in your healing? Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: I am obsessed with meditation. Right now I'm doing uh oh shoot. It's uh uh Deepak and Oprah's I'm obsessed with those series. Yeah, I do oh my every gosh, you're doing that one too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No way. <laughs> yeah. And oh, that's so, so cool.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing their series for like probably five years now, and oh. they're, they're everyone has a different theme, and this one's on manifestation, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: totally is. It. So it like totally goes with everything that we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah. So do
0: you mostly do the guided meditations then.
1: Um, you know, I, I love guided meditations because sometimes I get squirrel brain and I can think of, because I work from home, I can think of 5 million different things that I could be doing. So I like get it, guided meditations. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes I just like to sit in silence mm-hmm. and, you know, do nothing. I think like meditation, we think of, okay, I have to sit cross-legged. My hands have to be up. I have to own the whole time. And yeah, that is, I, I don't do well with that one. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I think it's just a level of practice. I'm not to that level of practice yet. So I do like the guided ones. Um, or, you know, I could just go over in a corner and stare at a white wall and just close my eyes or listen to music. Or I don't know. I think meditation is just literally silencing the mind and just letting whatever
0: comes out flow. So yeah. I'm totally, yeah. totally down for that without judgment towards yourself and what does come up right like those thoughts yeah. come up and like how can we receive them without judging ourselves so question for you is was were you ever scared of meditation like I feel like your, your personality <laughs> of like A plus like go 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 this <laughs> out like just like this bubbly personality that wants to make everyone happy I feel like meditation might like scare the hell out of you did, did you ever feel that way Oh, my God! yeah, I
1: seriously thought meditation was a joke <laughs> like i I never ever did it until this whole chronic illness and almost mental illness i I don't want to call it that, but I feel like anxiety and depression needs to definitely be addressed, and don't I don't want to call it an illness, but it's something that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. but um yeah i was i I was never into that whole thing. I even tried like when I was a instructor they wanted me to teach yoga on the weekends and I was like, okay, I'll give it my best shot. But you know, like a person that yells on the microphone and just is that opposite person that tries to just slow the roll. (laughs) Like it doesn't work well. (laughs) So It wasn't my favorite class to teach. I could do it, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I was that person who Uh
0: thought it was a joke. So then what changed for you? Did you just decide like one day, like you said, like chronic illness, like it really can make you look at life in a different way. And sometimes we get desperate and we're like, I'm just going to try anything to make me feel better. So yeah. what then like open that doorway? And the reason I ask is because I've heard both friends and people in my, uh, in the autoimmune tribe community who are like, Meditation's just not for me. Or I can't do that. I'm not good at meditating. I suck at meditating. And, and so what would you tell them? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, okay, that's okay, though. We all suck at meditating. Like, there's no perfect meditation. So, I mean, we all kind of suck, but, we're, but, it, but it's a beautiful kind of suck. Like, we get – I don't know. Like, I feel that that goes with anything in life. Like, our beautiful screw-ups, I mean, they, they, they make us who we are, and they make us – you know, I don't know. So, anyone who thinks they're silly or whatever, I totally get that. But, you know, we find out a lot about ourselves through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your question again? <laughs>
0: I'm just over here on my sofa. Like what, what made you feel like, okay, this isn't like, maybe you still felt it was silly or focused, but you decided to do it anyways. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, actually it was a really
1: defining point in my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I, well, because I was like nonstop, I thought, you know what, I'm going to just push through this illness and I'm going to figure it out, right? And, you know, that was my mentality. And it still is my mentality. Like, I, I'm strong. I can do this. Like, I can conquer anything. But pairing that mentality with my past overdoing it <laughs> tendencies, like I was overexercising hardcore and I was feeling like shit, <laughs> basically. And I just, I, I recognized it as a sign to where I would just give meditation slash yoga because I was pairing them. I was, you know, whether it was meditation every day or whether it was a meditation or yoga, it was vice versa. It it was, there was no schedule, I guess, is what I want people to think. Like, it doesn't have to be a set schedule. As long as you're implementing and practicing and doing your best, I think that's where the magic comes. But that for me was literally deciding in that moment, I'm going to let hardcore exercising go for 30 days. (laughs) And that was going to be tough. But I was like, okay, Justine, you have to, like, you have nothing to lose right now. You're already feeling like crap. So that's what I did. I decided 30 days, marked it on my calendar. I meditated and did yoga for 30 straight days. Nothing else. Maybe walk. Like, I would probably walk outside, hike. Like, I feel like that's just extra stuff if I wanted to do it. But after that 30 days, or even, not even after 30 days, like, even after a week of doing it, I was like, wow, like, this has just been amazing so far. And then, like, after 14, 21, on the 30 days, I'm like, wow, okay. I don't know why I never did this before. Probably because, you know, all the other things I just talked about. But Mm -hmm. it was just life-changing. I think, that that's just the gist of it, is that I will never, ever go without meditating that long again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think I see it as this opportunity to – accept yourself as you are and your thoughts as they are, but also open yourself up to receive a lot of intuitive downloads and guidance. And just like, if nothing else, just a little bit more clarity around like, how am I feeling in this moment? Like understanding my body in this moment? What do I feel like doing rest of the day? Like just listening to those little nudges inside of you that when we do go, 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 we don't really allow ourselves to listen. Like we're, we're not great listeners and we're going, going, going. And when yeah. we back and we stop for like even just five minutes, we become better listeners in life. So okay. switching gears just a little bit, um, but within the same context. So we got meditation, but also manifestation, that, the theme of our, our meditation series right now. So <laughs> um, do you have a meditation practice? What does it look like? What turned you on to manifestation? Yeah. So
1: right now my meditation process is just sitting 10 to 15 minutes guided. That's my meditation process. But like you said, I love meditation for that reason because literally receiving downloads is just like, at first I'm like, like, I don't know, before all this, I'm like looking at these yogis and probably like if I was to see somebody like you, I'd be like, what, 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 what is this girl, Sarah doing? Like it doesn't make any (laughs) sense to me. (laughs) And logically, like, like on a on a person that you know is on the opposite side, it, it won't make any sense. And I think that's beautiful. But, um, yeah, it's a it's just like receiving those downloads, and it can be through anything. Like, if you're struggling with something that day, like if it's something that. You've been trying to push through or obstacles that you've been facing. I feel like that is literally like the best part of meditation is that you're able to just slow your roll and just listen. And I feel like, like you said, when we stop and we actually listen, I feel like that's when we're asking for guidance and we're able to actually receive guidance in return. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where manifestation plays because we we can want something like if i want to feel better if i want to have energy if i want to lose weight whatever that is for you but every single thing that i'm doing my li- in my life is against what i'm wanting like if my actions are saying something else then it's not going to it's not going to play out it's not going to manifest for me so If I, if I know what I want, then I have to take the actions that say, basically, if I'm talking the talk, then I have to walk the walk. (laughs) So, you know, and walking the walk is hard. Like it takes that practice and that patience and almost just that, I don't know, that surrender. I think that was a big one for me is just surrendering to all the craziness that's happening around me for my higher self and my higher good, because I think that's ultimately why we, we get into this, well, you know, like health coaching, like it just, it's kind of the same way. Like, I don't know. It just, it all plays in together, but manifestation, I feel like now for me, when I'm trying to manifest something, I ask for signs. I ask for uh, signs from the universe as downloads and whether that be from meditation, sometimes like my sign, my universal sign is a feather. So when I'm walking and I don't have to ask the question, it can just be something that I'm holding in my heart and I could see a feather and it's just like, okay, you're going in the right direction. I'll, and I, it's just almost that validation of, okay, like I know what I'm doing. I, I can do this. It's almost that. And um, you know, and that can play off in many different levels. Like when we manifest one thing uh, I feel like, honestly, <laughs> like the thing that I've been able to manifest the best recently, it's just been money. <laughs> like, And I feel like that, and I, I, again, I come from a place of 600 people, there's no job opportunities, my family fought over money, um, and I came from that background. So to be able to say, like, that is easy for me, it, that's just, it just goes to show, like, for me, the power of manifestation is that real.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it's almost just
0: indescribable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel like you have a superpower. You're like, I just yes, this. Yes, yes. That connection. Like, yeah. I, with the I love that you brought in, um, like, so we have like law of attraction, which is like attracts like. So it's like, I say I want money, for example. And, but then there's also law of action that we need to do too. So if you say I want $10,000 this month, but then you don't pick up the nickel on the side of the street. And like there's there's money there it is right in front of you you don't pick it up like you're not taking the action to then actually receive that money and so there can be this um like mismatch of energy there so I love that you brought up that like yes I'm gonna like declare to the universe that this is what I desire this is what I want more of in my life but I'm also going to take action on that so that I'm showing the universe that like hey I appreciate this you know money for example so what is one of the coolest things you ever manifested maybe like the craziest. And do you have any tips or even resources for people who want to start manifesting?
1: Ooh, yeah. Um the craziest thing that I've ever manifested. That's um that's a really good question. So my favorite manifestation, even though I wasn't practicing it back then, I think like we all have that level of longing for something and taking the steps. So I wasn't practicing it back then, but you know, I think just taking the right steps in the right direction and just implementing and following our intuition, I think that is just a level of manifestation almost. So my favorite is my husband um, eight years ago. So, but since then, since I hardcore <laughs> in quotes, started manifesting, I would say, gosh, uh, you know, I, w- I would say leaving my full-time job to coach. I think that was my biggest thing. But that was also my scariest thing, and I think that is where another magic happens is that the biggest thing that you want is probably behind the scariest thing that you have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that for all cases because I don't want people to be like, "Oh my God, I have to go through something really scary." no but but define scary like we're not going up against Bigfoot, like, we're not boxing that Bigfoot, or we're not, you know, we don't, it's not literally, like, a haunted house that you have to walk through, it's, like, those scary things that we cook up in our mind of, oh my gosh, and it all goes back to that failure, like, oh, I'm gonna fail, like, that's what's scary, but really, is it, though? I mean, I don't know, probably not, in the, in the gist of everything, it's not. (laughs)
0: Right. That's awesome. And I know there's so many women listening who are, are probably in that same position of where you used to be, where they have an unfulfilling full-time job. Maybe they're even listening to this podcast at work because they want. Oh
1: yeah. Me. I did that all the time. Podcasts at work. Yeah. It was the only thing that
0: kept me going right yeah you need that little dose of inspiration and i think what what you're you know showing the community too is that it, it's possible like i've done it you've done it we've left these unfulfilling full time jobs and manifested a business that we are obsessed with and uh one that aligns with our soul's purpose and what we're most most passionate about so yeah. super cool i also love that you talked about your husband too because i feel like we can be um unintentional manifestors sometimes. Yeah, so true. It's like, it's like you didn't really even know what you were doing, but you were putting all this energy out into the world. And all of a sudden, like this person or this money or health or whatever it is, like shows up in your life or like the perfect doctor you know, someone who's going to help you heal. Like it could happen in so many different ways, but I feel yeah. like maybe you like unintentionally manifested your husband. So that's super cool. Yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> and I think that goes to prove that If we think in our head that one single route is going to be the right answer, like we're going to miss it, you know, like, um, I think during what guided meditation was it today? Anyway, talking about like the endless opportunities, like the endless routes. And I think like 99% of the time when I'm creating or trying to manifest something, like I always have an open mind, um, of how it can be received. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it's really easy to be like, okay, well, I'm gonna make all my money from X today, or Y, or whatever, like, it can come from a million different places, I think that, that could be a holdup, you know, like, thinking like it has to come from one area when it can come yeah. from a million different ones. You got to
0: let go of the, the how, right? Like yes. how it comes and yes. instead open yourself up to like any possible way of, of receiving it, any, any path that it might come through or else, or else it's so constricting to think it can only come in one, one specific way. Yeah. So exactly. Justine, uh, <laughs> I want to ask you a little bit about, so you, you started to take this more holistic route in your healing? And I love asking people this because there's all different answers, but
1: (laughs) Oh boy, buckle up. (laughs) Right.
0: Buckle up. Do you, do you have any like memories of before you started to take a more holistic path in your health of like any of the craziest things you ever heard at your doctor's office or even just like a moment where you're like, okay, this is, um, no longer what's best for me and and my well being, And so I'm going to try a different path.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I know the exact thing. (laughs) So I had half my thyroid removed, right? And every single test that I ever got from the doctor, blood work, like going for checkups, all they ever told me was, you're normal. Your blood tests are normal everything's normal. You're fine. We'll see you in six months. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like all anxious and tired and run down. And I was having like all those same symptoms. And yet my blood tests were normal and they always had been. So like at, at you know, after so many times of being told that you're normal and you just see yourself steadily decline It's like, no, (laughs) I'm putting my foot down. I'm done with you guys. Yeah. So that was my point. Like, I couldn't hear you're normal anymore. It's almost like people saying you're crazy or, Mm -hmm. you know, you need therapy or something like that. That's what it felt like to me because I felt like I wasn't normal.
0: Yeah. Like, what the things that I'm feeling are not valid because it doesn't show up on a blood test. So, I must be making that up in my head or something. I know that I've had that experience as well, specifically with fibromyalgia, where it was like, well, you haven't, you don't have any, like your back's not broken and like, you didn't tear <laughs> any muscles back there. So you're fine. Here's some pills to take for the rest of your life. And I just remember being like, no way in hell is that going to be the solution that I choose. There has to be. Right. A way." So yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's just a flawed system really. Yeah. Yeah. And not to hate on all medical doctors, right? Oh yeah, for sure. There are some good ones out there, but I just think that, um, the more that we can share our story and how we decided to choose a different path, I think it shows other people out there that there is a different path. Cause I didn't even realize at the time, all I knew was that I didn't want those pills. I had no idea that there was like this other side that I could even go to. So I just said no without having another option. (laughs) And now I think that we can show people like, you can say no, like you, you are the CEO of your health and your doctor works for you versus vice versa. So really empowering yourself to be able to make, you know, informed decisions. So when someone works with you, Justine, can you just give us like a little snapshot of like what that experience is like? Yeah,
1: so normally what I do with people, I like to chat of course to see if it's the right thing for them cuz I might not be the right person for you. I you might be not be the right person for my program. Mm-hmm. So I like to chat with people on a, I like to start with a double your energy discovery session. That's always where I start with just to see if it's the right fit. But once we dive in, it's a 90-day program and basically we hit on the main things. I normally help people with autoimmune disease, chronic illness, thyroid issues, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's on a whole health level. So we don't just focus on thyroid stuff. I I feel like that is a a fine line. I'm not a doctor. I don't I don't prescribe medicine. I don't help people wean off medicine. That's that's been a really big question lately. Like, can you help me wean off my medicine? Mm -hmm. No, I like technically no, I'm not licensed to do that. However, like if that's your goal, then the practices that you need to have in place and the habits that you need to have, you know, in order to build your body back up because it's not just your thyroid that's taking you down in quotes, but it's a lot of other pieces to the puzzle. And that's what I help people do is to help build those parts of the body up, help them work through emotional issues, any, anything that could be holding them back. Um, that's basically what my program is, but it's 90 days. So, we start off small. I'm all about the habit change. I'm all about the life change and I want it to be something that people can take with them. So, and for a lot of people, I always say this for the more problems that you have, the smaller you can take on at one time. Um, and I think like, you know, we have all of these different levels of things that we want to work on. So how I start with people is the small things. Like I said, like for me, the small thing for me was diet and exercise. Like, okay, I can do that. Like, that's something that I can do. So if that's what your small thing is for you, then we start there. And then every single time we get on the phone weekly, we just dive a little bit deeper. And, you know, it's a process that is very beautiful. Like, I never expect anyone to be perfect. And I think, like, that's what's cool about it. So if, if you, like, screw, I, I fully expect people to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I, like sometimes we're not able to be perfect. And sometimes on the calls, you know, people are like, well, I didn't really follow through with the action steps. Okay. So it kind of goes back to that whole thing of why didn't, why do you think that you weren't able to follow through with the action steps? Like really just getting in tune with who you are and what's going on emotionally, whether it's stress at work, you know, over-exercise, any, anything. So starting on a surface level, gaining confidence, building habits. And really tapping into the emotional side of things
0: yep. that's the overview <laughs> <laughs> there's a snippet of it i love that you what did you call it the like, double your energy like discovery oh,
1: yeah double your energy discovery session that's just the first call that i get on with people yeah. it gives them some wins but it also gives them an overview of what we'll be doing inside the program So
0: that's what I like to start off with. I just, I love that you call it that because I feel like that embodies you and your energy so well, like regardless of like half a thyroid, right? Like you still are so high energy. And I think a lot of people listening are aspiring to get their energy back because they're like, I don't have nearly that much energy, but I want that feeling again. And so like just knowing that that's possible. So I think that you serve as an inspiration for that. And obviously then people can work with you to, to double their energy as well. So any last thoughts and where can people actually find you? Um, you know, actually last thoughts, I'm gonna
1: think of a good one. So that way we can leave this. <laughs> but to find me, uh, my website is thyroidbabe.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Thyroid Babe. I don't really hang out anywhere else. I love Instagram. as my main hangout. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, but I think my biggest thing for people is that just never give up. Like That was the thing for me is that I, I just remember telling my husband. It, it had been a couple years after my surgery, maybe just one, but anyway, I remember in there in the beginning stages where I was just fed up and I told my husband, I don't know what it's going to take. I have no idea how long, but I'm going to figure it out. And I think in this world of chronic illness, we have to have that mentality of, you know, I'll pretty much do anything. Like, I know we're all are at different points. And for me, I had to get to the lowest, lowest point in my life in order for me to want to change it around. Um, But just know that you can, it doesn't matter where you're at. You could be... The most anxiety-ridden depressed person on the earth and you can still find that little little twinkle of light to get you through so
0: do not give yeah. up uh, i love that that hope and just a reminder that healing is possible for all of us so thank you for your time justine i appreciate you so much and just being open to share your story today so thank you so yes, much. i had so much
1: fun sarah thank you
0: so much for inviting me thank you for tuning in today. You can learn more about Justine by clicking the links in the show notes. And part of what we discussed today was changing our habits. Right now in the Autoimmune Tribe Facebook group, I'm hosting a 14-day morning mindset makeover where you can join our community and transform the way that you start your day. If this sounds like something that you are craving, desiring, needing in your life, I will pop a link in the show notes as well for you to join us and follow along. See you next time.